0: Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. QFTA Jackson from the HomeLoneExpert.com studios, the final one for twenty twenty two. Maybe we'll do one next week, but I'm not planning. We're off. Yeah. Uh with the radio show from uh plural shows, starting on December twenty second, twenty twenty two, and returning on January fourth.
1: Fourth or third? I'm pretty sure it's the fourth. Wow. Yeah. Be outstanding. I know. Boy. What are you going to do? Oh, man. A lot of cleaning up. A lot of enjoying the uh, the festivities. And then, you know, sleeping. I'm doing a I lot know. of sleeping. I'm looking forward to sleeping. Catch some sleep. There's some good, great sports that are going to be on during that time, which will be great. Uh, hanging out. I haven't got, like, I love a nice, like, Thursday night, like, go to get some food with some friends, and mm-hmm. then, like, grab a drink afterwards. Like, that's a great Thursday night activity, and I don't usually do that because waking up early on Friday Absolutely. can be in a bad spot. But now, with being off, you know, this Thursday I'll be at the and Rights game, which will be incredible, and then get to be off the next day for damn near two weeks. Mm.
0: How do you do? I, so maybe I'll do QFT, because I'll be kind of wanting to BS. I enjoy doing the program. It'll be nice to have... Uh, The holiday break, I hope a lot of you get a chance to do that. Maybe you get a chance to travel, ideally to some warm weather, and and I hope um, everybody engages in in some kind of threesome or foursome. That is my holiday wish for everyone in 2022 and 2023. I think that's very important, that you have threesomes and foursomes in 2022 and 2023. At least a handful. Minimum. Yeah. I think you're going to have one in Jamaica. I really do.
1: We'll see. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Jamaica for a multitude of reasons. You know, possible group sex is, right. is certainly at the top of the leaderboard, but just be play golf. I haven't played golf in feels like forever.
0: What if, what if you engaged in group sex with a member of the show? Like one of us were there.
1: No, I'm out. Wouldn't that be the worst? Yeah.
0: It's how could you go to work? Any again? of my proclivities, which are many. So when I run for office, you can play this podcast. It's all there for you. It's always been strangers, you know what I mean? Right. Like, That'd be preferred. so weird if, like, somebody I've known, like, yeah, we played basketball at St. Gabriel's <laughs> together, and now we're high fiving.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm super not into that. Yeah,
0: I don't need that.
1: No, I. I it's. It's.
0: So I draw the line there. Yeah. As far as, as far as 20 people on top of each other, wonderful. But but if I know you, it's a problem. Right. Is that odd?
1: No, I think that's it's... not.
0: So you're you're pro oh. 20 people in a in a group setting.
1: 20 is a lot. And I haven't been
0: 20. I don't know. I how think to, 8 or 10 is my... Uh, eight, ten. Yeah, that's even. I don't know. I was so... I
1: mean, it's each their own, but like that's a... I don't know where... I don't know who I'm with there if at you could, that see, point. If you could
0: see the friends of the feather who were there, you would have wanted be to be strong. there. What was the me? ratio?
1: Uh,
0: more I think 6-4. 6-4? 6-6 in the good way, although apparently the less popular way based okay. on what I personally produced. So 6 four, the Joe. less popular way? Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's a great ratio. Oh, yeah.
1: Fantastic. God. That's telling you. That's what it's all about. Is this in like a uh, some sort of den? A bedroom? <laughs> a den. A, a, bedroom a den? a bedroom couldn't handle that kind of tonnage. Uh, living room. Okay. Las yeah. Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those desert. I'm telling you, I
0: ran like Ivy. <laughs>
1: yeah. I ran like Ivy. You I really lying. did.
0: We're lying. Like, I'm the same fucking guy. You know, this afternoon I'll be on the Polar Express with that Santa Claus who pops out of an <laughs> abandoned building on the north side of downtown. Yeah. You'll but I to mean, go. like, you know, six years ago, I was in Las Vegas probably 10 weeks of the year. Yeah. I don't know what happened, Jackson. Seize, here's what I'm telling you seize your youth.
1: Mm, carpe diem. Yeah, you'll kind of have to hit that damn soda shop too on that Polar Express thing. Mm, I don't feel like Oh, bad you've been on you. the Polar Express? I've been to the soda shop thing. The, the thing. thing at Union Station? Uh huh. Yeah. How do I not know about this? I've been to the thing a few times. Yeah, I mean, decent chicken tender, but more. Get you out of there. Oh, but yeah. Now that you're okay, I do remember that. There's like the two restaurants there. There's the yeah. seafood place that's nice, and then the soda shop. not saying it's not nice, but it's- Sounds like you're taking a shot. A little, more casual, little more casual. A little more casual. the
0: prospective sponsors list. <laughs> yeah, rats.
1: And um, <laughs> you, know, you pay like $18 for a sandwich there. I can't imagine the Polar Express is very cheap, and then you see Santa Claus-
0: Anna Marie manages all the, uh, <laughs> might be surprised to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, aren't reserving the she seat. She goes, hey, you
0: know, we got Polar Express tomorrow, and I go,
1: oh, yeah, no, I knew. Oh, yeah, I knew. <laughs> right, but in reality, <laughs> it was. It was
0: literally in my phone as a reminder. <laughs> because, uh, all right, so here's what we got. Uh, it is most likely the final QFTA of the year. Hell, I don't know. I enjoy doing it, so I'm happy to do it, but I don't like bothering anybody I work with over weekends or holidays. Sure. Although I seem like I feel like I email you once a weekend, but it's understood there's not urgency.
1: Right. Emails.
0: Almost any time.
1: Right. The email is like, yeah. Like yesterday, I was driving home from Kankakee. You sent me an email. and I was like- On the sound story schedule this week. Right. John Eulett's
0: doing one right now as we speak. I'll be doing one in about an hour and a half. Aren't you excited? Because we have to have a hard out.
1: Ah, it's wonderful. Yes. But I do love doing QFTA. All right. Um, But yeah, I saw that Moon has one tomorrow. Yeah can't wait to see what, I love working with Moon. Moon's one of my favorites because he's so, I see him all the time before the show. He's it's always bouncy. He is. He's very high energy. He's really funny. He's quick wit. Like, I really like talking with Moon.
0: Uh, if you are interested in uh, taking care of holiday shopping, go to mysoundstory.com. Use the promo code GIFT. And whether you want to do a sound story yourself, you want to get one for your mom or your dad or both at the same time. Uh, or your grandmother or your grandfather or both at the same time just go to mysoundstory.com you can you don't even have to pick who you're going to have do the interview you can get a gift certificate to give for christmas it is a perfect gift mysoundstory.com promo code gift is what you will use at mysoundstory.com um, the home loan expert is the sponsor of our studios we've been doing the podcast now more than 5 years and we thank Ryan Kelly for his support why, Jackson, I'm telling you,
1: I'm really looking at a house. Mm. And you have to kind of talk like a, some sort of swamp monster when you talk I
0: know this sounds weird because <laughs> a lot of people are saying, no, no, but this is this is when I make my move. You're all folding. Well, then I'm going to get aggressive at the table. It's just what I got to do. Yeah. And uh, that's when I'm doing business with Ryan Kell. I'm not sure we're going to do it. The home loan expert dot com and you might go, well the interest rates are so high. Well that's fine. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to date the rate. Uh, yeah, and then I'm gonna marry the house. Uh expert dot com allows you to do that. You can lock in your interest rate and when the rates drop, then you refinance with Ryan Kelly. The Home Loan Expert Com. Once you get your home, get it insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is my insurance agent, and I would love for him to become your insurance agent because once that happens, you're going to email me and you're going to go, man, you weren't joking. There really is a huge difference. I am thrilled to see uh, how many people have switched to James and once you switch, you will experience that difference that I talk about. When you make the switch, they do all the paperwork for you. It's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, Jackson, I'm so happy for you. Number one, you get to work with me. But number two, you have learned from me. Yep. And you've learned how to become a Hall of Fame broadcaster at 24. But you've also learned not to make the mistake that I made which is stopping the use of propetia mm-hmm. and not having a financial advisor yeah. now you do and it's Mark Han of Evergreen Wealth Strategies.
1: Boy, howdy is it ever Tim. I mean, I started working with Mark probably when I was May 23, right when I started, right? I think it was the summer of last year. God, you're so ahead of the game. Yeah, so like that. And just like getting in touch with them. And it's so much about like just the act of saving. You know, the dollar amount will grow as you continue down in life or if things change and you want to start saving more and more, you can. But getting in that habit of saving money every month or every couple weeks is so important. That's what Mark loves to stress. It's just one of the many lessons Mark has has given me on top of just like always being there. I think that's such great peace of mind knowing that you have someone who's so intelligent and so willing to talk to you and so willing to help you ready to talk to you, you, know, you may just make an appointment, and he's looking forward to talking to you. That's such great peace of mind. You know once you get off the phone with Mark Hanna, you're going to be in a better place than when you were when you started the call. And that's the name of the game, in all, in all honesty. That's all it means. So if you don't have anybody, if you're looking around saying, eh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, do it and do it with Mark Hanna.
0: 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Dot com. Anytime you want to participate in QFTA, you are more than welcome to do so by emailing me, insidestl.com. Questions about anything. It doesn't have to be about sports. It doesn't have to be about TMA. It doesn't have to be about 101 on ESPN. Anything. Anything. Uh, at inside stl.com Or, uh, as is the case, I have two saved from like the last month or two from... From my standpoint, QFTA Questioner of the Year, Timmy Recaps, Mm -hmm. he DMs me. But since they're not saved in my QFTA Uh, email, I forget about them. And I'm like, ah, he's got two. But uh, I had a request um, on the TMA fan page, which then reminded me about an email that I wasn't going to go to regarding the Dan McLaughlin situation. And you guys did not discuss it on Friday. I was out with food poisoning which was wonderful. I will not reveal the restaurant. Good for you. Yeah. Jackson uh, knows the name of the restaurant, and the thing is, we're a fan of it. We're yeah. both a fan of it, and I don't know when I can return. Yeah, that's tough. But I wasn't in um, on Friday, the day after it was announced that the Cardinals and Dan had mutually parted ways. Here's the reality: I don't, ha- I don't know what I can say. I don't know how to say. And by I, I, by when I and I say I don't know what I can say, it's not because hubbard or dan or anybody has said well you can say this you can't say that i don't know what i can say that probably hasn't been said before um but i will say that which is on my mind i feel terribly for dan um and i know that dan knows he was wrong so both things can exist and this to me is something that i had no idea that he was drinking none um didn't even think it was on the radar actually and i am i am i'm concerned for his well-being beyond his career um i feel like all of these things are like for lack of a term I use that I don't think by any means is revolutionary or cutting edge, but like bait. It's like, I'm saying a bunch of things that say, you know what I mean? Like it's empty. And of course you're not pro DUI. Who's pro DUI. And of course you want him to get help. Yeah. Um, but I've known Dan and I I talk about it. Like, I guess everybody knows it, but I guess everybody doesn't know it. Dan and I went to the same grade school. We joke about St. Gabriel's and the basketball teams um, but Dan um is I think three years older than me. And so I've known him and his older brother. Um I mean, I going back probably to the early to mid eighties. And Dan and I had a business together uh in 2018 and 2019, and so I know him really well. Um, with that said, just because I know someone, I'm friends with someone, I also, if it is a professional assessment, I feel an obligation to the audience to give my professional observation. And I like to think I can use this, albeit it was 15 years ago. Yeah, it was 15 years ago where I was in a weird spot where Jim Edmonds owned a part of Inside STL. Uh, he no, longer, he's he's sold his interest in Inside STL. He did so like twelve years ago. But uh, and then he signed this two-year contract extension with the Cardinals. And I remember being like, I think this is the the dumbest thing. I thought it was a bad move for the Cardinals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm in business and friends with
1: Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds right.
0: But I'm on the radio, and just because I'm on the radio, now that doesn't mean I go Jim Edmonds. Su-. That's that's a different thing. I'm going, I just think it's a bad move, right? And you know, I think I might have texted with him back then and gone, "Good for you." I don't know what they're doing, (laughs) you know. But so, I'm not just going to. I think it's an. I think the whole topic is super. It's sad, certainly. Yeah. Um, And as far as the way, I can't speak for everybody in St. Louis sports media. Honestly, we are in our own little world in our TMA world, so it's not like I see you know, I mean, I guess I see Randy Carricker and Carrie Davis as we walk in and I usually talk it over with them and then I'll see Brandon Kylie, and Alex Ferrario as we walk out. Otherwise, I see the four fine gentlemen on TMA and that's the way that it is. because yeah. That's just the way that it's been now for years. So we're kind of isolated. Um, so I don't know what everybody else and I'm not listening to other shows to know how everybody's talking about it um, or if they're talking about it. I don't know because it's a weird spot because you're talking about somebody who most likely you have a relationship with of some kind and a good chance you're a friend yeah. with. Oh, yeah, And now he is in the news. And some people uh, understand that and some people are like, oh, you're soft for not talking about it. Um, but that, but, but I want to tell you this, and it's one of those things that for me and now for you, Jackson, you now realize what it's like on this side of the line sure. in that getting your ass ripped with criticism is so common that you don't think anything of it after a while now you're you're only a couple years into it but still you're I mean imagine so I'm 10 times that right Doug is 20 times that yeah so it's not like I read an email like, how come you're not talking about Dan McGlock and you guys are all pussies? And I go, oh, hold on a second. That was eye-opening. You you just, it, it, it comes with the territory. But I also understand that 99 plus percent of people don't experience that. Right. And by the way, I'm jealous of those 99 percent of people. At the same time, this is what comes with the job that we do. Right. And they didn't really brief you on that at the University of Missouri back in the day. Um, but it certainly is a part of the job. And I... I understand it and accept it, and it's fine. And as I say to you guys often, sometimes on the air, sometimes off the air, you would rather be in a spot where you're getting your ass lit up, as opposed to not. Exactly. Because if nobody's critiquing, then that means nobody's listening Thank or you. reading or watching, as the case might be. Uh, that doesn't mean that you say shit to get attention. It just is. It's just. It's the way that it works. And um, like I said, it's not something I would want people to experience. But if you do this for a living it's what you experience. It's just the way that it is. So I know people are curious about it um, and talking about it, certainly. And my reaction to it when it happened was stunned, honestly, stunned because I didn't know he was drinking. It wasn't like one of those things that you kind of had an idea of, uh, and it was percolating for lack of a better term. You're like, man, inevitably... This guy is so out of control that it's going to get out. I feel like there's been stories like that before, and then it eventually happened. That's not not the case at all. Um, And I think about, in addition to his job, I think about um, his wife and his four kids and what that situation um, has to be like for Dan and for them. Um, just like I would, I think, anybody else. But I think in this case, because I know Dan, I think that's that's where my mind goes right, right. Um, immediately. So as far as, like, a cutting-edge opinion, I don't have one. I mean, again, who is pro-DUI? Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and, and on the other side of it, who is saying, well, that was all right, what he did? He has uh, been the Cardinal broadcaster for 25 years he probably could have been the Cardinal broadcaster for 50 years. Yep. In broadcasting terms, he's you know right in the sweet spot of being, in, I think, late 40s. So, I mean, Jack Buck did it for a long, long time. Vin Scully did it for a long, long time. Dan could have done it for a long, long time. And who knows, maybe someday Dan will do it again. Um, but I, I, I really, like I think anybody listening to this, really hope— that this can wind up being, as sad as it is right now, inspirational for a number of people who are battling what Dan has apparently been battling. And I don't know how long he's been battling it. Um, One would automatically go, obviously he's been battling it for 12 years because this happened 12 years ago and then it happened again. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't drinking for, I have no idea because I didn't know he was drinking now. Um, But I'm, beyond sad for him and his family and the situation, but I am so hopeful that this winds up becoming an incredible story of a turnaround for him and also his story then helps other people. And I think that is what his uh, goal is to have happen. But that is... That's it. I didn't want to talk about it on the radio. I wasn't in on Friday anyway, and it didn't even come up on the show today. Uh, and you guys said you didn't talk about it on Friday. And it's a t- I get it. It's a, t- it's a tough spot. Right. Um, I felt like the podcast was a better spot. So I'm not going to be, you know, seeing text pop up like, fuck off. You're being a pussy or whatever. Right, you know, right. Whatever it is. So, like, I can just talk to you and, and how people can react however they want to react. Um, and then this person on the TMA fan page... Um, Said, I was asking if it's been talked about on TMA, and I happened to, to, to see it right when we were coming in here to do it. And I said, uh, I've gotten emails about it, and I'll talk about it on QFTA. Um, and so here it is. And I guess they're asking on um, who will take that job. I the, the honest answer is, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, no clue. No clue. There is a, I'm not saying that this is the guy, but it just reminds me of this little anecdote. Let me make sure I got his name right because it is, I wonder if we have the audio of this. It is unbelievable. Okay. (laughs) I don't think you know this one, Jackson, but maybe you can recall. The Cardinals were playing a game and a guy by the name of Aaron Goldsmith was on the call. Do you know who Aaron Goldsmith is? Okay. Mm -hmm. Aaron Goldsmith has been the play-by-play announcer for the Mariners going back I don't know how many years but he was calling a cardinal game on either Fox or MLB network and we had him on TMA. This was years ago. We were at 920. I can still picture being in that studio in the Central West End. And I he he goes, "You know, Tim, I remember you meeting with me and telling me kind of the lay of the land of the broadcasting. He was interning at KFNS." Oh, wow. How about that? Wow. I think in either 2006 or 2007. Um And I always, I really do, because people did it for me coming up, still do it, any time either somebody who is a peer has somebody they know who is getting into broadcasting or uh, a young person reaches out to me and they're getting into broadcasting, and my conversation with them will most likely be not what they expect. I think they want me to listen or watch their stuff and then give feedback. And I feel like that, I can certainly do that, but the bigger lesson is the business side of the business that does not get covered. Which is why I feel like so many people go into this blindly and then all of a sudden they get let go at 28 or they get a pay cut at 28 and they're going, holy shit, what happened? Um So Aaron is from, well, he went to Principia and uh, now is the Mariners guy. Very awesome. My understanding is there is a, a, a St. Louisan on the Brewers broadcast. Huh. Um, I wasn't aware. I wasn't either. Um and I'm not talking about Brian Anderson for the record, uh, then Chip Carey with his family's ties to St. Louis. He's on the Braves telecast. Um, I have, I I have absolutely no clue. No idea. So anything I say would be complete. And the thing about broadcasters and I include it in the nonsense that we do, it's so subjective. Totally. It's so subjective. Totally. And I don't, you know, I was watching a comedians in cars getting coffee last night. Which one? Jerry Seinfeld and Howard Stern. Oh, so good. And it was it was Seinfeld was playing the perfect role of the the straight guy in the in the conversation. Yeah. And Howard was saying something along the lines of, "You know, I just turn the mic on and I will say whatever. You know, I don't care." And Jerry goes, "Well, that's because you're in a room." By yourself, yeah. comedians don't have the luxury. He goes, oh, I guess you're right, which is a huge thing.
1: Huge.
0: Comedians have to work off of the feedback of yeah. the audience. They know if it's working. They know if it's not. Uh, he says comedy is as subjective as taste in food. And I feel like that's the same case in broadcasting. Yep. I sat at Jack Buck's house in 2001, still one of my favorite moments of my career, interviewing him for television. And I asked him for my own interest I said, "What is the key to um, success in broadcasting?" Longevity. If you're long, long enough, people just assume you know what you're doing, <laughs> and I do believe that there is a lot of truth to that. Yeah. That you just you get credibility by
1: just being there.
0: By being there, yeah. there really is something something to that. Yeah. Um, so I will say this: because whoever follows Dan. In 2023, we'll be following somebody who's been doing it for a quarter of a century. Yep. That person is going to be dealing with a tough spot.
1: Very tough spot.
0: It is, is it's it's a cliche, but so help me, it's true. It's something I have considered in career decisions in the past. Uh, you don't want to be the guy replacing the guy. You want to be the guy replacing the guy who replaced the, the guy.
1: Bingo. Yeah, you want to be. You don't want to follow the legend. You want to go second after
0: Joel Myers. Are you familiar with Joel Myers, NBA? I figure you may be. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Joel Myers replaced Jack Buck. Oh, wow. You know how long he lasted?
1: A year? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, Joel Myers
0: is an outstanding broadcaster, and um, he is the current play-by-play announcer of the Pelicans. That's why I thought you might be. St. Oh, Louis yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, worked yeah, at yeah, Casey. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Way I've, back in the day. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, he's done NFL on NBC. Dodgers telecast, Angels telecast, Cardinals radio in 2002. That's it. Wow. Uh LA and Oakland Raiders, Spurs, Jeez. Lakers. Jeez. Uh yeah, my point being uh he's he's been around. He was not well received here.
1: That's crazy. Well, I mean, but you're following like you said, you're following jack Buck, sure would be a tougher seat to fill that's what i'm saying it's yeah. just it's
0: a it's a it's a brutal right spot so with regards to it i have no idea i have no idea yeah. I, I just I'll, what i can tell you this i'll tell you this on december 19th 2023 whoever gets it is going to be on the receiving end of a hell of a lot of criticism it's, it, i think that would happen in most markets in st louis i think it's going to be more intense because of the love of baseball and because I think this is a market that is more resistant to change than others that have major league sports teams. Yep. And so that is something that in addition to the element of just Dan McLaughlin as a person, which has been, you know, I think for, for those of us who have a relationship with him, the focal point, um, that is what I, for whoever gets that job, they're going, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just I but as far as like having knowledge on who's going to I have no clue. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's, not, it's, it's not something that, you know, and I mean, hey, I mean, this is this is a relatively new development right. with regards to Dan's situation. Sure. But overall, what my hope is, is that what has transpired with Dan winds up becoming an incredibly inspirational set of circumstances his talent is phenomenal yeah undeniable. and so what's that
1: undeniable yeah
0: and so if you can if you can bounce back and bounce back seems like it's it's too light of a phrase for this but if you can overcome yeah there you go this and come out the other side and whether you're calling cardinal games you're calling games somewhere else and he can call football and basketball it's not like he's limited and he worked on blues telecasts albeit ice side and is a studio host um he can do anything If he can do that and come out the other side he will be somebody that people who have the same battles can look to as an inspiration yep and so ideally i think what is incredibly sad at the moment winds up being a happy ending for somebody who i've known for i mean for real probably 40 years yeah um, so there is what I have to say about it. I think saying it on the podcast was, is better because then it doesn't turn into, you know, whatever I, That was my personal preference on how to tend to the uh, situation. You are welcome to give your feedback. T McKernan at inside T M C K E R N A N at inside stl.com. It's where you can send in your questions, comments, anytime for Q F T A. All right. Timmy recaps. However, he DMs me. And he sent this one on November 1st, Jackson, and I forgot all about it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Hey, Tim, I had a thought for your QFTA, but I'm not sure if it's one of the things you've covered before. If not, I think it would be interesting. Diving into the struggle years of TMA, that'd be about 17 of 18, (laughs) uh, and its many iterations, especially early on, like the years in which you were fighting to make payroll as a young company, thankful for even the smallest sponsorships, asking for help from family for XYZ, and how important and thankful you are for the people who stuck by you in the years where you weren't sure you'd be around in a year or whatever. Also how you cultivated a relationship with Ryan Kelly, seeing as how he has been with y'all for as long as I can remember listing, and the importance of his long-standing support. The struggles of a young company in terms of operations, stress, and betting on yourself comes success or failure, I think would be cool to hear. If it happens to jog a few war stories with some juicy details, that's a bonus. You may have already discussed this enough across a variety of your podcasts or even done a podcast on this exact thing. I missed it, but if not, uh, it's something I'd enjoy hearing. If not, continued success. That's from Timmy Recaps, and he's got another one following up. We'll see how long I go on this. And I wrote back to him. I said, I appreciate it. I said, my fear is it's going to come off super self-serving because it was really only me and my wife who... Put up our money. Not that I'm saying other people should have put up their money. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that's what it was. And when we were short money, I didn't go to anybody and say, hey, you're going to have to take a pay cut. I just didn't pay myself or she didn't pay herself. I mean, I guess it was my call, quote unquote, since I own the business. And we just would go, okay, we're just, this is getting rough. Right. But I, you know, so I'm happy to go into it because. I really um, feel so strongly about entrepreneurial ventures. And I think that perhaps the toughest thing about it is, I don't want to say having the nerve or the courage to take an idea that is essentially just air Mm -hmm. and try to turn it into a business. It's essentially the initiative and the ambition and the vision. And then once you feel like you have something and you can run numbers and you should run numbers, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't begin to to tell you how important that is and how basic it is and how I, the fact that I didn't do that before is embarrassing and I'll get into it. Um, it's critical. So for example, sound story would be a a current example. of it. I was certain, I mean, this is a business that was conceived on the air, kind of mm-hmm. like my second son was conceived mm-hmm. in a commercial break. This right. business was conceived on a podcast about three years ago. And, you know, I was, I was. It got to a point, like the advertising you're hearing on Hubbard radio stations here over the last month, I paid for it, as I should, by the way. They're not giving free advertising to people. I'd be insane. I also think it's illegal. Uh, So I paid for it. I paid for it personally. That's not not to say, hey, look at me. It's to say I was confident, and therefore I'm going to make a bet. If I'm going to bet on the over of a football game, I'm sure as hell like my chances on a business that you know, I'm going to take a chance on it. If it loses, it loses. And as I said on last week's podcast, I was sitting with my wife at dinner for anniversary on November 19th and only a couple had sold. And I said, well, shit, I was wrong. I really thought that this thing was going to work, but now I'm at peace. It doesn't work. Now I at least know. And so that's going to be my first commandment here guideline more than commandment, but it's something to think about. If you are one of those people who are sitting there and whether it be you hate your job or you feel like you could be doing more, you might be in your forties or fifties and going, God, this is not what I want to do for the next 10, 20 years. I think I've got something. Take the shot. It's got to be calculated risk. You know, I play a lot of poker. I don't go, well, oh, shit, let me just move it all in. It's a calculated risk. And sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose, but at least you're going to play. And that is my guideline. You know, I I, I think it was when um, I had an opportunity to go to New York City, which I spent a lot of time on this podcast about, but I think it was my dad saying, you just don't want to be sitting around at 70 years old and going, yeah, I had the opportunity to go to New York City and I didn't go, and then regret that. So in other words, regret the things that you do, you don't want to regret the things that you passed on. Right, right, right. Take the shot. Um, and I certainly considered all of that. I still didn't think it was the right move, in part because I had a big belief that inside STL and what was at the time, the morning grind, because the more, TMA didn't exist when I had that opportunity, um, I just really was confident that it was, for lack of a better term, undervalued, and that we could do something with it. So... I feel like what happens for a lot of people is they come up with ideas that might wind up being that just because they don't turn into multimillion dollar ideas doesn't mean that they're not successful. But if you can work for yourself, yeah, God, that is so liberating. And then if you're like, well, I want to work, I want to, I want to be able to live anywhere. Well, and if you're your own boss, you can live where the hell you want, assuming right. that your business would be something that goes beyond that particular market where you have to be. And so there is such, such value In that. And I also think that there is such satisfaction in at least taking the shot. I love hearing from entrepreneurs whether they wound up working out or they didn't. Now, you don't usually hear from the ones who didn't work out, but everybody who started a business has stories where they go, Can you believe that this is what this once was? Right, right, right. Um, And You know, as far as some of the moments with with my experiences that I look back on and I can either use as anecdotes to amuse or to educate, um, I specifically remember when it came to Inside STL that I felt like I had watched people do things that pissed off either me or my coworkers so much That I just knew to do the opposite or to not do those things. Sending out an email at 4.30 on a Friday, I saw how much it pissed people off. Right. Just don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. It it sounds incredibly logical now, but I mean, it it was a regular part of our existence. Yeah.
1: Education through. Experience. Yeah, exactly. And through the faults of others.
0: Yeah. Um I mean, I want to be more specific than treating people poorly. I think there's a great deal of value in transparency with numbers. I don't think, I suppose it could be an awkward spot if the company is making like some kind of absurd profit and you put the numbers on display. Right. right. But I recall when we were at 920 and this would irritate some people who were not on TMA I mean, hey, you know, I mean, the production numbers are what they are. Right. And I I just like the vast majority, I mean, the vast, the vast majority of the revenue was coming between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And yet we have expenses associated with the rest of the 21 hours. Sure. And this is a business. But because a lot of people who get into this business don't have business backgrounds, it would be taken personally when business decisions were made. And then oftentimes the people who are commenting on our business know nothing about our business. Not, it's not their fault. I don't know about any other business other than this business. So I would, you know, if somebody were to tell me about their restaurant business, I couldn't tell you anything about it because I've never run a restaurant or have any you know, clue how to operate a restaurant. Um, but because people listen to the radio, they oftentimes think, oh, I can therefore... No, you have, no the, idea. the business is the sales. That's right. what that's what matters. And that, I think that's something that subconsciously has been communicated to TMA listeners. That's why the support the sponsors thing is so big. Because if you're on these random AM radio stations, or now HD2 radio stations, you have a different sales business model than um, than if you're, you know, take your pick of whatever radio station's got a huge audience with ratings. Yeah. So... That was something that, you know, if I, for example, if I could go back to 2013 with the Dan Marshall man and woman thing, I absolutely would leave again. I mean, that was, that was, that was a no brainer. I don't think that that was really like a, wow, really impressive that you took that chance. I think anybody who was observing that knew that that was going to, that was going to go out of business. But what I would do if I could do it, I don't know if it was an option at the time, but maybe I would have been a stronger negotiator then and made sure it was an option is just say, hey, I'm going to cut you a check for seven to 10. I don't want all 24 hours right? um, because we lost money on the other 21 hours. Now, people talked about how great the lineup was, but that doesn't make you money. If nobody wants to buy it or if they do buy it and they don't get a return on investment, then they cancel their ad buy. But TMA has been performing, delivering return on investment for advertisers since 2004. So it's one of those things when I go out on a sales meeting – I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I almost want to give them, like, a money-back guarantee. Like, it's going to work. You're going to go, holy shit. I can't believe how much this works, and then that's why you hear a lot of the same advertisers who are still on TMA, who are on you know years ago. I My mean, Marco yeah. Bertorelli has been on since 2007. Ryan Kelly is was mentioned here in his DM to Timmy to Recaps DM has been our title sponsor, I think, for a decade plus. Yeah, and inevitably, businesses change, and people have to move off of sponsorships. There will come a time, I would imagine, that Ryan Kelly is not the title sponsor of our show. I don't know. Who knows? I would love it if he is forever. yeah but things change. And you don't go, why aren't you sponsoring my show? It's, businesses change. Whether, yeah. for whatever reason, people have to move on, you know, take your pick of whatever reason. But that is that is a reality of it. Uh, I've been talking forever. What do you have to say, Action Jackson?
1: Well, what I would say to your point right there is there's no meter that, like, shows you how good a show is. There's no, like, oh, you gave this take and that was great and this is great. That, like, people say, like, oh, it's a great show. But the only metric that matters is how much money is it bringing in from sponsorship. That's... What keeps Relative the
0: to the expenses that, that either my company incurred or now our case, Hubbard incurs. Sure. Exactly. It's all about return on investment. And I, I know to the percentage point decimal what the return on investment is for Hubbard on our show right now, because that's that's the metric.
1: Yeah. That's the only metric that matters. And you, know, you can, because it's so subjective. Anything in this, when you're talking about entertainment, is all subjective. Movies, music, art is all subjective. Like, I don't like the
0: superhero movies, but I know they perform. Exactly. I don't get mad that they exist. I just don't watch them, right. you know?
1: Right, So that's the only thing that matters in this. In this. So if you don't like that, the, only, the reason that there's so many superhero movies or that some music is popular is because it delivers. It performs. it performs well. And that's really all that matters. It's a business just like any other business. A restaurant is successful not because you think the wings taste great. It's because they are making money, and that's why they're staying in business. So... When it comes to that, like the- Well, it's, a, it's
0: a cause, It's a, you know, it's a, it's a proverbial, you know, chicken and egg thing. If the restaurant performs and has good chicken wings, then people will come in. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? hundred percent. But then also then that comes with, okay, we got to make sure we market the chicken wings and we got to make sure that every time somebody comes in to get the chicken wings, even though they're popular, that they still get them within a reasonable amount of time and that the service is right. first class. There's other factors. Sure. But, but I mean, it's a chicken and egg. Now, if the, the wings weren't any good, then people don't come in and then you have to worry about the marketing and the circus. Now you got a problem with the food. So there's all of these pieces that make the thing work. What I think that I experienced... That if I could go back on, and look at it like I'm doing right now, going back ten years in particular, um, I was in a weird spot. Even though I doubt they looked at me like it with Joe Strauss, Brian Burwell, Bob Ramsey, um, Frank Cusimano. I'm trying to think who else was on the station that was that I view as, you know yeah they're monsters. they're 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 all. I don't know, I don't want to say 20 years, because that's probably not right, but 15-ish years or more older. Like, I think if Strauss were still around and Baro was still around, they'd be in their late 60s now. Yeah, yep. Um, it was weird for me, who was, I don't know if my term would be a fan of theirs, but certainly aware of them and watched them as a child.
1: Respect the hell out
0: of them. Right, to now be their boss. right. And so I wasn't... Tough spot. Well, but, it, but at the same time, if you have this responsibility, you just gotta... It, it, listen, in the, in the end, everything worked out. Mm-hmm. I certainly wish we wouldn't have had to go to 920 and we didn't go back to 590 again if, I if you know, just in a... In a and had this. And I'm sure here at Hubbard, they're going, my God. You know, and it's funny because me and, and... I'm sure I've said this before. I might have said it last week, but just because it's come up now recently... Me and my wife and uh, gentleman, who's my closest business advisor, we would always say, whoever, as in, whether it be Entercom, which is now Odyssey, Hubbard, iHeart, which was Clear Channel, um, I suppose KTRS. I don't know if I'm leaving anybody out. Whoever is the one that takes the chance on this thing is going to.
1: Wish they took a chance on it earlier. Hundred percent. Yep.
0: Go, holy shit! This thing. Has been here since 2004.
1: Yep, sitting there.
0: None of them cause problems. Nope. N- and it just, it just delivers. They
1: do their thing and it and it's a- and, and it's just
0: going, you know, and, and 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 like I said, it's it's great that it's happened, but knowing how at times it was really truly brutal, brutal, brutal. Um. I obviously wish it would have happened sooner and I know that the people here do as well and I'm sure that the people at those other places are going oh my god we could have had it." And, you know, but, hey, I'm, I mean, to be working with this group of people, I'm glad it wound up working out here. I just wish this would have happened you know, sure. 10 years ago. Um, with all of that said, some of the technology that makes it possible for us to do what we do now wasn't around 10 years right, ago. I mean, exactly. YouTube and, and podcasting there may you. have been around, but it wasn't as easily yeah. accessible now. So with all of that said, as it is now. So with all of that said, some of the things that stand out to me that are incredibly embarrassing, because that's what people really want to hear. Um, I, I would say this, hold on to equity and go to a bank for capital mm-hmm. as opposed to selling off equity for capital. And I look back on that and I'm just like, God, I can't believe that I did that at 28, you know, that right. th- th- that it was that basic. You want to hold on to your equity. Right. You don't want to just dole it out.
1: Right. Because I eventually you be left. With
0: nothing Well, I mean, you, you certainly want to maintain majority if it's your business, right, right, right. as is the case with Inside STL and now SoundStory. But if, if, if you've got it working, work with the bank. Don't just go, okay, you, know, you never know who you're getting into bed with. I mean, sometimes it's fine, but sometimes you might have a problem on your hands. Yeah, There is that. Um. So, yeah. This, and, and honestly, the way that that wound up happening, here's an anecdote, I suppose, people, because I was just telling the story about Edmonds being an owner inside STL. We were, and I have no, this is so weird, but this is what happened. In 2006, maybe January of 2006, MySpace was popular. Mm, you Tom. Uh, Tom. And you're not thinking how you think now where you see an account and you go, oh, that must be like a fake account. right, right. right. So I see Edmonds on MySpace, and I don't know how it worked because I've forgotten. And you were eight, so you can't I, speak yeah, to it.
1: I never had experience with it.
0: <laughs> but uh, I don't know if he messaged me on MySpace or I messaged him, which would strike me as odd because we knew each other, but I didn't know if he knew my name, right, you know, right, much right. less. And somehow we started communicating on MySpace, and he was he couldn't have been like friendlier, uh-huh. you know. And I'm like, this is fucking great, you know. Now, yeah. if that were going on now, I'd be like, this has to be like an Edmonds yeah. burner that right, eventually right. is going to ask me to Venmo him, you know, a $1,000 or something.
1: Stuck in Persian or something. Absolutely.
0: So then we get down to spring training, and he carries that playful banter from my space, and I think maybe an appearance or two on what was the morning grind yeah, then, yeah. to spring training where he truly had zero interest in participating in the d- drills. I mean, that is not overstated. Sometimes we hyperbolize some of the shit that went on. That, like with some of the nitwit stuff on the show, I don't think we hyperbolize the stuff behind the scenes. <laughs> and he would walk by, and he'd just like, you know, what are you guys even doing? Like, you're not even talking to me. This isn't a real show. You know, and like there's guys practice. Like, there's the workouts are still going on. And he'd just like, and they like throw a ball at the table. I mean, this is all the stuff that you would... Picture happening, and then uh, then he would sit on the show. And then he and I was just like, Martin would be in awe of the situation. <laughs> that here's a baseball team that you know has won a hundred games each of the last two years. This guy's gold glove all star center fielder is just like, I'm not going to participate, I'm going to do this show. And then I think it got to a point where he goes to me and producer Joe, he goes, What are you guys doing after this today? And I'm, I'm sure we're just going back to like our hotel, yeah. And he goes, Let's go to the mall, and I'm like. Okay. And you haven't been there yet, have you? Uh-uh.
1: Well, I've been to Jupiter. Okay. Yeah, the Palm facility. Beach
0: Gardens, I think it's called Gardens Mall. It was new then. There was a Brio there. Brio. Wow.
1: Is yeah. that like one of those outdoor malls, like the open-air malls? Uh,
0: Not, no, not really. You, so, would, you could see it in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, you, which uh, would probably be surprising. But, I mean, with all the rain they get there, they can do Yeah, so, Makes sense. Anyway, so we wind up going there, and we just walk around the mall, and I got these pictures of like, Producer Joe and Edmonds like, sitting in a massage chair and like, and, like, checking out protein supplements. I mean, the strangest shit that's still on my <laughs> phone. And his uh, wife at the time was going to have Landon, who is now Landon, who you'll hear him sometimes reference on the Cardinal broadcast. Yeah. It was February of 06. And Joe and I were supposed to fly back to St. Louis with a stop in Tampa— Stop in Birmingham and then get to St. Louis. Ah. And the flight from, you know, West Palm Beach to Tampa is probably like yeah. four minutes. Sneeze longer you than know. it takes to get there. And then Birmingham, so nice. And then then to St. Louis. I'm sure it was 12 hours of travel. <laughs> and he goes, Well, I got to fly back to St. Louis. Why don't you just fly with me? I got Jerry Clinton's plane. And I'm like, You serious? I mean, this went from MySpace to flying private with.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. So he goes, Yeah, I don't care.
0: And I'm like, All right sounds good so we meet him at the Stewart airport which is a little north of yeah. jupiter yep. and you know like in two hours we're back in st louis that's nice oh my god yeah Shout meet me joe and Edmonds. yeah and on the flight Edmonds is asking about inside stl which at the time was four or five months old right and he goes well i want to buy a part of it and i go <laughs> what in the fucking world I, I'm dead serious. I had a port because you couldn't you couldn't stream. No, hell no. So I had a portable DVD player and I was watching Different Strokes. Dead serious. <laughs>
1: what, you have like the That's what, box set? I'm sitting. Yeah, bo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did.
0: I'm watching DVDs of Different Strokes while a guy who I mean I I've watched on you know forever oh, uh, playing yeah. baseball is sitting next to me bored <laughs> as per usual and and then tells me he wants to buy part of my company. And I'm going, okay. So then that's, so then I yeah, sold. Pause,
1: different strokes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we have a conversation and we wind up doing this deal uh, over the next month or so. I, I sell other pieces to my friends. It's not like anybody's been a problem in the group. They're my friends. Right. But it just, I look back on it and I go, I should have just. Went to the bank. Yeah. Well, the, the admins part was great, but my friends kind of like, well, what was it? Was It's like almost like a loan of sorts than sure. as opposed to like, cause I didn't have a business plan. It's just something I stumbled into. I was right. killing a non-compete for a year from KMOV thinking I was going to get back into television. And so that is how inside which is now more known as inside STL enterprises, which owns the intellectual property of TMA and this podcast was born, was born out of boredom. Mm. It There was no business model. Um, And that was at the same time that Barstool was starting up. Now, the difference at the moment that I really do with the benefit of, and I think about this now with Sound Story, which is why I don't just go, oh, it's good, it's producing. I'm like, okay, we've got an opportunity here. Let's do something with this opportunity. I'm like, I'm I'm making, I wasn't making crazy money, but a nice living uh, doing radio. And I wasn't in a spot like Dave Portnoy was where I had to stand outside of the Subway handing out that print edition of Barstool.
1: Right.
0: The starving man is the more dangerous man.
1: Absolutely. Hungry, you know, dog, uh, hungry dog runs fast. And
0: I'm telling you, the, the 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 enemy oftentimes of greatness is comfort. Yeah. And I was comfortable. So, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can make another X, I mean, like, kind of menial amount of money from inside STL. Okay, this is fun? I had no business plan. I regret not thinking bigger than Um not to say it would have turned into Barstool. Um, I don't think that's that's my personality, and I wouldn't want to, you know, play that character in my forties. Mm-hmm. You know, but but at the time it could because I I don't know how many times I have for real multiple times people would say you ought to take this and do this on other markets, and I just wasn't necessarily thinking that way. But I think it's something that theoretically was scalable. I don't sure. know it, it it had it had a timeline because. The, the hook and the early going of Inside STL were the pictures of people out, yeah. which sounds like something from right. people riding around the wild, wild west in carriages. Yeah.
1: Not sustainable.
0: Right. It, no. it, well, because technology changed. Yeah. And then, you know, take your pick of whether it be Facebook or now Instagram. Oh, yeah. it, I mean, it just it, it was out. And then the girl next door thing, which I still think would be viable today, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different Thing, right? And the girl next door was, each week, we would have five pictures of a local St. Louis area girl who voluntarily sent in her pictures, would get a professional photo shoot, and then at the end of the month, we would do an event at a bar, and whoever got the most votes at the bar won, I think it was $500. The bar paid us more than $500, that was our form of advertising revenue, and the bar didn't really care about the banner ads on InsideSTL.com, they just cared that we showed up, and... That was the business. Right. And it was all the way until uh, December-ish of 2009 in which John Helmkamp, who was running 1380, came in and said, hey, we love you guys, as in the morning after. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was Doug the Cat, producer Joe on 1380. Mm -hmm. He goes, but we can't pay anymore. And so... And I had an opportunity to go to KFNS and do afternoons, but since it was afternoons, that means Doug and the cat wouldn't have been able to come because of TV, and I'd have to, right. to worry about TV. And so that's where it gets into Helm Camp saying um, you can stay here and sell your own advertising, and if you cover your expenses and have a profit, you get to keep the profit. If not, you have to come up with the shortfall. Right. And I know I've said this story plenty of times. I asked my dad, what would you do in this spot? And he goes, Timmy, they're both shitholes. And if I'm going to be in a shithole, I'd want to control my own destiny. And that's why I decided to turn down KFNS. And then we started, that's when Inside STL took over TMA. Um, because we had the infrastructure and I was paying the cat and paying Doug um, and uh, paying Joe. Um, and the sales staff. I uh, I was in the spot when the time came in twenty thirteen to um, put a deal together with eventually Bert Kaufman, but bef- who owns 920 and still does, I believe. But up until then, it was it was strictly just selling TMA and selling inside stl.com. When what Bert put on the table was you're going to have to personally guarantee, I believe it was three hundred thousand dollars. Um, which I just signed. I didn't have $300,000 in 2013. Right. Right. I mean, I don't even know if I had anything close to $300,000 in 2013, but I signed it. I would never, I, that wouldn't even cross my mind to do it now. Wouldn't even cross my mind to do it now. So the existence of the morning after through 18 years, especially of the odyssey of, you know, these rimshot AM radio stations uh, and bizarre set of circumstances was born out of a variety of circumstances that I wouldn't say necessarily exist now. Uh, my incredible ignorance, not to say that I'm not ignorant now, I'm just less, I think. Um, my willingness to essentially bet money I didn't have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy shit. I mean, again, I'm 36 years old. Right. This is... This isn't like I'm like 19 and, you know, doing a bunch of blow and just like, yeah, let's fucking <laughs> do it. Caution to the wind. Like, oh, my God. And it's and Bert's a businessman. Yeah. Bert would have come calling, you know,
1: <laughs> there's no do overs. <laughs> and I didn't have children. Yeah. You know, it's a big part of it, Probably. huge
0: part of it. Yeah. Huge part. My perspective was anything for the show It's top priority. And it's going to work because I never thought about the possibility of losing. And so I would do things that I I wouldn't do now, not because some of the principles at that time, which I'll go into, aren't there anymore, but there is some, there is just some recognition of of calculating upside and downside and also now diversification, for lack of a term. I would never, ever, 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 um, by, uh, or by time on, by, uh, or by time on. Um, an AM Sports Talk station at this moment. It's just just not where we are based on what my experience was then. And by that, I mean, now, if you have two or three TMA-like shows, I'm not talking about the content, but as far as the return on investment, different conversation. Way different, yeah. But that's not necessarily, at the moment, the way – the world is like if the Rizzuto show were available yeah you you know it's a that's a bit of a game changer sure so so with 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 that said that was ignorant but that's how that radio station was born and bert to his credit just just outplayed me like you know just like (laughs) out of boredom like no it's got to be 24 hours or else there's not going to be any deal Well, i'm sure if i would have said okay here's an overpay for seven to ten I would have gotten seven to ten
1: right
0: and my life would have been so much easier it would have made a hell of a lot more money and there's a chance we'd still be there now as weird as that sounds because yeah, i well, wouldn't have had the nut of paying for the 24 hours for five days a week we didn't have the weekends why would we want them good thing we didn't because uh, that would have been a waste of money too because we're not making money on the other 21 hours right or if we were it was i mean not much. a one yeah. percent return on investment so getting back to the straightforwardness that I still practice, I guess sometimes to my detriment, I don't know, but I always say I would rather know exactly where I am in the hand with somebody as opposed to somebody who's smiling, 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 and then one day you walk in and, and then they pop you in the head. Right. Because if they're telling me what the situation is, I can do my best to try to fix the situation or improve it. So um, looking back on it, I think it would have been beneficial to let people know where things were, but then at the same time, I don't know what on-air people could have necessarily done about it. If anything, it would have freaked them out right Like the cat and I had a conversation one time and I said, you know I don't know I don't know how we got on the topic but I go you, you know you do realize that Anna Marie and I were at a point my wife and I were at a point where we weren't paying ourselves. Because we couldn't I mean yeah. sure I could take out money from the bank, but I'm the guarantor. Right. right. So if we default, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. So it's you it's not even an option. So I didn't I didn't go like everything's great, but I didn't want to ever go to people and either let them go, not because of cause, but because we had to lay people off, or cut people's pay.
1: Right.
0: Because with what had been going on in our careers at these am radio stations you know even if you're not a business person that's the death rattle and so immediately there starts to be panic so we just fucking worked our asses off until we got it right and i suppose what got it right was me and Edmonds doing afternoon drive in addition to me doing mornings and running the radio station but i did what i had to do was it stupid i suppose so but it allowed us to profit And that is what then turned into, eventually, what we have here. It certainly was a, you know, scenic route. But I was straightforward with people when they would ask questions, and I would still do that now. And I I think there's such value in that. It might not be the answer you want to hear, but it's the truth. And so that way you know. And I, I remember, and I still consider it one of my favorite compliments I've ever received, which was Brian Burwell saying, you could have your hand in my back pocket on my wallet and I would assume you're acting in my best interest. And I go, God, that just, yeah, that's a wonderful that success. means, that means, that means the world to me because I know that that's true and you work with me, quote unquote, for me. And that is how, that's how you've, and I'm just like, that's. Yeah. that's that's what you want, that kind of relationship. I That's what I want. I don't want to be hanging out. No disrespect. You don't want to hang out with me either. I mean, I'll hang out with you. Right. But, I mean, you're 24. Right. He, at the time, was probably 25 years old. It's, it's not about hanging out. If you do, you do, and great. But I want people to know that if I say it, I mean it, and you can count on it, whether yeah. there's a contract or not.
1: I can speak to that. God bless.
0: I that you. is, I, I value that. And I think I, I value it probably because I didn't have it. Mm, yeah. And it goes back to I saw these things happening coming up and I saw how much it pissed people off and therefore I don't want to do that to people because I didn't like it being done to me or I didn't like it being done to the guys I was working with or around. So that stands out to me. Um, But if you are going to, and maybe this, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking to some people right now in a big way, sit there and go, God, I really feel like I could do this. And I'm not talking about getting into radio. I'm talking about a business idea. I would recommend taking the shot. Now, I would go back to also what is your family situation? Because if you've got children and you've got a lot of dependents, that changes the game. But I just, I really, I mean, I say this often on the radio and on the podcast. I am just as close to 26 as I am to 66. Mm -hmm. 26 doesn't feel that long ago. 66 seems like that's, might not even make it, you know, to 66. And you go, Holy shit, you know, this is this time passes. You're just not guaranteed time.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And therefore you're also not guaranteed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that is why one of the biggest steps to being successful in business is taking the chance. It's the first step that may be the most difficult. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine who has his own business, it's not like it's some huge business, but I remember him saying starting a small business is like launching a satellite into orbit to get it up there takes a lot of force and a lot of organization to get it launched but ideally you get it up there and just, then it's just orbiting yep you know yeah and so I am unfortunately or fortunately Kevin Demoff tribute programmed to always be looking for mores I know I spent some time on him last week's and when I look back on it, it's probably gotten me into some things that I wasted a lot of time on. But um, I don't know if I would have it any other way, actually, because right. I would—I don't—I don't—I don't know you, if
1: I—you are where you are right now because the sum of all the experiences. Yeah, I think so. And you can't be successful without the bad stuff, and you can't be happy without the bad stuff, and you can't be sad without the good stuff. It's all everything. You either take it as a lesson and learn from it or you take it as an example of things not to do later. 100%. So it's it, it, even the bad times are as valuable or in some cases more valuable than the great times.
0: Yeah. And, and there's so many lessons in those things that you don't think about while you're going through them. But, I mean, it's not like I was like, oh, I'm enjoying watching these guys treat my coworkers and myself like shit. Right but because I saw the things that they did that pissed people off, I knew not to do those things. It's just like now. I mean, there's not a circumstance like now I'm like, okay, I, I, all I wanted to do with you over the weekend was like, okay, make sure I'm on the right page. And what's the sound story schedule? What mm-hmm. do I have? What does John, you Randy sure, character sure, is sure. and all that. stuff? So- hey Jackson, whenever you get a chance, send me this, you know, but what we used to get at four 30 were these thousand word emails, essentially motherfucking us. Yeah. And you're just going, Like, what lack of self-awareness do you have? Do you think that that's going to go over well? Or unless you're trying to Uh, tilt people, you know? I don't know. I just know
1: it didn't work. Sunday follow-up. Oh, my God. Any word on this?
0: Uh, Yeah. Brutal. It's just not the way that you treat people. And I also know how much I hate it if somebody told me something and then it didn't happen. I want people to know that if I say it, it's going to happen, right. and then I'm just going to have to eat shit. If I, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. I've made some bad deals. I'm just discussing one within the last ninety minutes <laughs> <laughs> about a bad deal I made. But I said it, and I got to keep my word, and that's just the way that it is. And I, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think it's necessarily admirable per se. It, I'm sure plenty of business people go, "You're just a dumb fuck. You're a mark," you know, for thinking that way. But that is. That's what I've done. And so therefore, things like, and Strauss used to say similar things, um, that you just knew that if I said it, you could count on it. I also just think, I think transparency, in addition to being straightforward, has great value. Now, again, if you've got a business and it's got some, you know, 250% profit margin, that might not be a great thing to say to the employees, hey, take a look at this. Yeah. But. But if you want to explain, okay, here is why we're in the situation we're in. It costs, whatever, 100000 a month to run this radio station. Um, we're billing 70000 So you're welcome to go to Dan Caesar, since he knows nothing about the business of the business, and complain and talk and get a good juicy quote in there, and you get your likes from the, you know, the handful of people who listen to your show, because if more people are listening, there'd be advertisers. Right. But but here is, here's, here is here is why. Now, then you're welcome to go out and tell everybody how I fucked you over, but... Your show has zero advertising dollars on it, or your show costs this much, but it's bringing in a third of that in advertising revenue, or even 90% of that in advertising. We're not in business for it to even bring in 100%. It should be bringing in 150%. Right. That's what we're in business. We're not in business to like provide a service to you to be able to do radio. It's a profit-making business. That's what this is. And I just think that that's another part of it that I didn't think about that right. is so embarrassing and basic but at the same time, if I was thinking that way, I would have pulled the plug on it. You know, I would have never done it. Yeah. I remember having a friend of mine come in, his dad, and it was an executive, to analyze our numbers. He goes, my God. He goes, you're not making any money. And I go, I know, but I mean, we're, we're close to breaking even. He goes, well, why do it if you're just trying to break even? Yeah, break even isn't the goal. But it was about just surviving. Yeah. And, but that's so stupid. And again, it's one thing, you know, not to say that if you're 24, you can't be a competent I, I was making these mistakes in my 30s uh-huh. while being viewed as like this great business person for sports talk radio I suppose comparatively speaking to some of the people we've seen in there then maybe but as far as a quality business person I was a fucking f and not to say that I'm great now you just look back on it and you go I just did whatever I needed to do to keep it going and you and, and the engine of the business is not TMA the engine of the business is the sales staff yep. it's always the sales staff it's Always the sales staff. If nobody's selling TMA, TMA doesn't exist. Bingo. And that's that's the reality of it. Uh, Jackson, has this been educational for you? Or are oh, you yeah. ready to uh, like, slice your balls off? I
1: like a nice business conversation. Do you really? Do yeah. You have, I, been, do you have I,
0: entrepreneurial I, interest?
1: I mean, not like something that jumps off the idea, but just you know, starting something. It's good because it's applicable to a lot of different things. You know, it's understanding how the world works and understanding that. If you have an idea, take the shot, but also understand that there's risk involved. And I think that's, you know, so often, especially people my age, you know, with social media where it is, like, people get something where it's like, oh, I've got 100,000 views on this video and another 100,000. But, like, all right, so what's the plan after that? Right. Like, is what you're doing sustainable? Is what you're doing marketable? Is what you're doing profitable? And if all those things are yes, then by all means, pursue it. But if it's not, don't quit your job, right. you know? Like it's
0: so there's there's a way to make money. You have to think about the ways to monetize. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying that that this is the Missouri journalism school's fault. I doubt they're talking about it now, but I doubt they're talking about it at the other ones that are highly acclaimed at Syracuse or Northwestern or wherever I guess Arizona State now is considered to be one of the, the top journalism schools. Your worth is an on air personality, specifically is directly related to your impact on the bottom line. Now, that sounds incredibly obvious, like something that you probably should know by the time you're even walking into a college campus. Sure. But it was never covered. We were learning about, okay, when you open up your story, you have a NAT sound pop for a two seconds, you know, and then go into your voice track, and then make sure the camera's focused this way, and then a cutaway or a swish edit or something like that. And it, none of it matters. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But the thing is, most of the people who get into this business are not people who are interested in business. And that is why, just like hostages, they just get popped as they go. Some of them never get a job in the first place in their early 20s, or as time goes on in their late 20s or 30s, it's just pfft, pfft, pfft. what the fuck? Why did I get fired? Because y- y- you're replaceable. Man. And not only are you replaceable, you're replaceable for 25% less than what we were paying you right you make no impact to our bottom line god that's what and then so when i talked about aaron goldsmith not to say he's but a guy i had a conversation with and you know my god i'm having that conversation with him in 2006 or 2007 i surely know what the hell i'm talking about but i know what the business of the business and what i was telling him i'm sure was this is so tough to become joe buck is a joe buck jim nance bob costas al michaels there are four of those guys yep there are i would imagine tens of thousands over the last 50 years who wanted that so there is one yeah for every twenty-five thousand who wanted to be i mean and i'm not saying that doesn't I mean you can't be one of the the, the people but i'm just telling you you got to be cognizant of these odds and then therefore have a backup plan yeah. doesn't mean to not go for it i don't want to be the dream killer chase them but have a plan B. I was irresponsible. It worked out, but it doesn't mean I played the hand the right way. Right,
1: results oriented.
0: Exactly. I was very irresponsible. I was incredibly confident, but plenty of people at Mizzou or Evanston or Syracuse are going, Oh, I know I'm gonna be the next you can tell me it's not gonna be me. And then right. I mean there's plenty of my work with and I go, Oh my God, we would like sit there and my roommates would get high and watch the KOMU news and laugh their asses off. And then I'd be like, This guy's like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna, you know, get a job in Austin, Texas, and I'd go brother, you got no chance. I mean, I'm not going to say it, but holy right. shit, you got no shot. Right. If you can't, like, get through a cast, you know, without looking like somebody's got a pistol on the side of your head, you're so scared, you're not going to be working. Yeah. You know, They're not going to pay you to do this. So I advocate taking the shot, and I advocate um, taking the first step, which I know is so difficult to do, Um but the reward of at least, and that's the thing with Sound Story, I was so, I don't know, happy is the word, at peace. I'm like, okay, it didn't work out. I'm going to lose a nice amount of money on this ad buy, you know. But it, and now I know. So that's, so that's good. Yeah. And now I can move on. I thought it was a great idea. We certainly did a lot of them over the last few years. Pandemic impacted. We never really did an advertising campaign beyond TMA. It didn't work out. Okay, now I know. Move on. I've got TMA 101 ESPN in my podcast. I'm fine. I'm at peace because I took the chance. You don't want to be lying in bed in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s going, God, what if? To me, that's the that's that's the nightmare. The yeah. nightmare is not taking the shot. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from on it. And if you do get in a position be honest with people. Treat people like you want to be treated, which is, at this point, I almost feel like it's the golden rule has been abused. As, and now it's used in commercials for, like, Courtyard by Marriott. Uh, but it, it really does hold up, you know. If you're working for somebody, you want to be treated the same way, okay. Well, then when people are working for you, you treat them right. that way that you would want to be treated. All right. He has a, he has a next question. This one came last Wednesday. Um... Sorry for the late message, but PLTD, today's show, and heard you mention the podcast about horror stories from your career in broadcasting, and it made me think, has station management from wherever you were working at the time ever brought to you concern for reading the perverted and sexual innuendo texts or emails that come into the show? I have no idea when you started getting texts or emails, but was that ever a conversation like, Tim, you can't be reading that kind of stuff on air. Might be an obvious answer to you, so sorry if it's a ridiculous question. Keep crushing it and much success to you all. That is uh, from Timmy Recaps. And now I've gotten Timmy Recaps and he's a DM guy. And so I lose track of them, but there they are. Uh, And I appreciate him sending them in. So when he sent that in, I had one specific one that came to mind right away. And this was at the group that uh, was an example on how not to run a business. Um, Two of them, actually, I wish the cat were here that we could relive this. (laughs) Uh, are you familiar with the "Stop Tickling Tim" thing? Oh yeah! yeah. Wow! I mean, oh, you yeah. were like for real. That was like 2006. Well,
1: I wasn't. Certainly, I wasn't. But I've heard you tell no. the story before.
0: So, um, got an ad buy from a company for dog food, and I said, "Well, I mean, I don't have a dog." Right. And they go, "Oh, we really need you to." <laughs> and I go, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make up an animal that does not exist." Right. Now my wife, she did. And so that was the justification for it, Right. okay? So the client was a client that monitored every spot, and sometimes that's the case, and that's fine. That's good. Smart for them, you know? I mean, I I sent this morning, I sent all the talent who are doing sound story live reads, the updated bullet points, so, you know, because I've been a live read person, I know the important stuff you want. You want bullet points if you're a talent. You want it to be fresh. So, I uh, the the copy, you know, they have been on for a few months. This group was having trouble selling advertising, and when that happens, number one, if you want tells of the, the death spiral in the business, number one, you don't hear any sponsorships on any shows. Yeah. Number two, um, now recorded commercials aren't as big of a deal as, as they were back then, uh, but if you don't hear commercials in general, I mean, TMA is all live reads. I mean, our commercial breaks really don't even exist. Uh, Because we're doing, I think this morning we had 17 livery. Sounds right. (laughs) I think that was the number. Um, So you want to know something's performing, you hear a lot of sponsorships. You want to know it's got a problem, you don't hear any sponsorships. If you're looking for tells, the stuff I would think is obvious, but I doubt people are sitting there listening to shows looking for advertising. So I totally understand. Well, this ownership group at KFNS, like almost every ownership group at KFNS, now that I think about it, wasn't doing well. (laughs) And um, he, uh, the general manager, you know, therefore really was prioritizing this account because there weren't a lot of accounts. And the copy they sent me at one point was so absurd. Absurd. Like it was serious on their part, but for me, you know, it's like, oh, I was caressing the dog. intentional comedy. And the shiny coat I noticed, you know, and I was, you know... I mean, I have no idea what the opinion of me is at this point. I'm really kind of insulated on the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. People like me, dislike me, respect me. Tim McKernan, respect me. and dog lover. <laughs> <buffers, laughs> first thing I think of. But I was an A1, sounding like I was on cocaine <laughs> asshole at this time. I mean, holy shit. Uh, how Martin and the cat put up with me back then is, is beyond me. And maybe they just did it out of like, fuck, we just got to deal with this because <laughs> I can't imagine it was pleasant. Um, this is 2005, six, maybe and the the copy was ridiculous i mean ridiculous i wish i could find the audio uh for the spot and i'm laughing during the spot and just as a way to justify my laughing i said the cat you got to stop tickling me you know i'm laughing right we get done with the show and maybe it was that day or the next day the general manager calls us into the office <laughs> having the cat here right now would be great uh and it's like this big Columbo moment. The cat loves telling the story. Uh so he and it might have been a program director in there. He sits us down across from him and he plays the audio. You know, and as he's playing the audio, I'm laughing at the audio. Like he's
1: Paul Newman, in the verdict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is the big presentation.
0: And and he goes, Jim, why were you tickling him? <laughs>
1: And like, all serious. Like, and the cat,
0: as you can imagine, yeah. Uh, goes, yeah, it wasn't. It was a joke. And he goes, he said, you were, like, and the whole thing is directed at him. Right. Because I'm, you know. Well, you're a star witness. I, I, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I, th- I think the real math was my contract was going on long. I don't I don't know. I felt like it was like we're going to justify whacking you here right. because of this. And I go, he wasn't tickling me. I was laughing at the copy, and it made me. And then I feel like they still blamed him again, <laughs> even though it was one hundred percent my fault. I mean, can I? I mean, like now, right? The idea of somebody like if Doug or Iggy or you or the Plowboy had a live read. And granted, I don't own the station. Sure, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but you know, I understand the importance of the advertising relationship, and they were laughing at the copy, i go, dude, right. what the fuck? Like, I know it now, but 15, 16 years ago, 17 years ago, you know, I'm a big star, so mm-hmm. fuck, I don't need the advertising. So uh, I just thought it was funny. The cat gets blamed. I believe they almost terminated him because of it, or he was on some kind of, like, Jeez. I don't know, some kind of deal where he was on under the microscope for certain because of something like that where we're sitting there going he was not tickling me
1: right I mean was, talking yeah, about yeah I this.
0: mean yeah a grown man like the cat in that time probably was around 45 yeah you know and I'm in my 20s and he's like tickling me I mean what kind <laughs> of
1: fucking
0: weird shit would that be like to the point that I can't possibly read through you the to,
1: script we have to start thinking about maybe we should replace this morning show they keep tickling each other
0: <laughs> holy shit uh, So there was that occurrence, and then same show, same ownership group. Um, We did the exit poll. Do you recall the exit poll? There's yeah, no it, made reappear- way. it made a reappearance. In yeah, 2015. It made a reappearance. Yeah, briefly. Just didn't. Have, it doesn't have the same because now you can do this stuff on social media. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't matter. Do it. They used to take phone calls, and I think it was sponsored. And wh- somehow, one of the questions. Was blamed, or a conversation on the show was blamed for an advertiser canceling the ad buy, and I go, and I, if anything, honestly, because I look at myself then, I go, God, what a like baby, and you know, the lack of awareness on business, and I go, they're just using, they're just, there's no way because we've been doing this stuff for at this point a year or two, there's no way that they are
1: right. Not, it's not, it's not real. Possible.
0: They're canceling or using this as an excuse, and you guys are falling for it. Yeah, exactly. And now going to blame the show again. Um, and I, I don't know if this... I, don't, I think this company is no longer there. It was right at 40 in Brentwood. Um, on the uh, south side of 40 uh, is where the business was. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, but for real, and I don't know why this is. It would be a good deep dive conversation... For as ridiculous as the stuff is that we say on the radio, it's at this point just kind of accepted yeah I have two what I will call reasons for it, although in reality, I think they're more theories. Number one, the people who have a problem with it, they're gone yeah I'm not ta- although I'm sure some of them have passed on, but they're just not listening, right. When we first started, they were, oh my God, where's my interview with Bob Nightingale? You know? But they're gone. Yeah. Great.
1: Fuck off. <laughs>
0: I didn't want you anyway. You don't understand. Yeah. I don't want you. I don't care if you like it. It's not for you. Yeah. Just like the shows that do that kind of thing shouldn't care what I it like the, the nice thing is now there's enough that you don't have those right. people. Exactly. Yeah. So good. I don't I'm not gonna change for you. Fuck off. Uh so that's wonderful. And then secondly, I think that, maybe there's three. Secondly, at this point now, we've been doing it so long that I think people realize, yeah, we kind of can't get them. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't matter. But then third, and perhaps most importantly, I think people can tell that it's done in good nature. Right. Like it isn't mean sure people who don't willingly get into the pasture to play in the reindeer games are not mean spiritedly sniped yeah yeah, exactly see what i'm saying yeah it's it's a different tone not to say i I don't even know if there is a show in st louis that would be considered mean i don't know i I can't imagine it certainly wouldn't be up and down
1: not in this place
0: this this hallway because i know the people working here but it might not exist to just, it may, but maybe it does. I have no clue. Point being, it's good-natured. We're not just, like, calling people out just to call them. We're, we're, we're making fun of ourselves, and it's like a roast. It's just a ball-busting festival. Yeah, ball-busting. And it's not coming from a mean place, at least from the five people on the show and for the vast majority of the texters. Certainly occasional exceptions. I think sometimes of those exceptions, it's people who just don't know how to do it yeah so i don't necessarily think they're mean i think they think they're making a joke but it's they just don't have the yeah
1: they're, they're that the fine own. hand so sure, to speak chops.
0: to deliver it
1: yeah and i think uh it's also so organic that like because if we were like planning and like oh couldn't do it, right. it wouldn't work right it wouldn't it would work
0: like, it, would, it would it just it isn't i'm not to say that that's wrong like I, as i've often said rizzuto and patrico and moon and king scott they get here at three
1: yeah
0: and what I think was kind of a narrative surrounding TMA for a while is, oh, those guys are lazy to turn on the microphones. We do, but we can do it. Yeah, you right. know, balloon party. Can I just walk in and start talking? Yes, but the show is better, and that's a credit to you when you prepare these questions for me to discuss, which wow. you because you know how to ignite my mind, and then we go. Yeah. So it requ- it does require that. Now I could walk in there and I could do it, but it wouldn't be that great. Right. You got to ask the questions to to ignite it similar in this sense to, to QFTA TMA is an improv show Yep. but there had been this dogma regarding prep and that's where I like would break off with like Jason Barrett for example I, I respect that his way of coaching works it absolutely does yeah. but it isn't the only way to get into the end zone and right. that is where we differ if you think that that's the only way it's fine because clearly what we're doing is getting us into the end zone. It right. just isn't that. And it's not out of laziness. You know, it's it's just this is what the show is and it's improv. It's organic. Yeah. And therefore it totally is authentic. Yeah. And I think that really resonates more so perhaps with younger people. Yep. You know, I'll see people texting in to, to 101 and they'll be like, man, you are so self-deprecating. I'm like, that's kind of what, the show is is self deprecating. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm lacking confidence. If anything, probably the opposite. Unfortunately, <laughs> but it's it's a case of that's just how we bullshit with each other. Yeah. So rip us. That's the fun of the show. It's now like, hold on a second. You just set up short. Hold on, a second. Jackson. No, we got to stop this conversation. <laughs> this guy who I don't know just texted in from his burner saying that I am short. Yeah, and I got to stop. I mean, fucking care. It's part of the deal. Exactly. You don't want to. You don't want to get burned. Then don't play the game. Right. So I think that that is why. I think that that is why. At this point, it's like okay, and and we have it, and not many. There's one. It's a prominent one in St. Louis too. Because the sales staff's like, oh, my God, we didn't know that we were getting, like, you know, if they weren't familiar, like, if you're not listening to AM radio, like, how would they know about it? We had right. no, we had no idea. Right. You know, we knew that it was popular, but we had no idea. And like this client, we keep trying to get them on, but they just won't go on because of what they view as the contents and a problem. I'm like, okay, God bless them. I personally think that is, for lack of a better term, dumb. Yeah. If you want to grow your business. But if you find us to be morally reprehensible and advertising on our show to be against your business's morals, then God bless. It's totally cool. You're not trying to get us taken off the air. You're just not going to advertise on it. I I could not respect that anymore. Live and let live. Couldn't respect it anymore. So totally cool. But as far as somebody trying to legitimately, like from a good faith spot, not using a burner account, because we've dealt with that a few times this year, uh, get us taken out or an advertiser... It's been a long time. Um, I, th- I think at this point, though, because it's so... you I mean, you're not just, like, scrolling through HD2 yeah. stations.
1: You have to want to listen exactly. to Exactly.
0: You know what I mean? You either
1: have to click on our YouTube live feed, you have to go to tmsdl.com, or you have to flip on HD2 radio... To find and it. Get it. So if you're yeah. listening to it, it's because you sought it out. Right. You didn't... You hit seek on the radio and find
0: us. And so I cannot tell you, and I'm speaking actually specifically to you when uh-huh. I say how much better that is. And I guess you get to experience both sides of it because you get to walk into 101 ESPN and experience a total different life. Way different, yeah.
1: Yeah. But by the way, as
0: I've said a couple times, I'm not like, boy, these 101 ESPN people, they just don't get it. They expect and have, since 2009, a certain kind of show. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's out of the lane. Right, When I come in there and I start doing my thing, now I guess at this point it's worked out. Yeah. But why would... I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, hold on. Now that I'm on 101, Randy, I need you to start talking about, you know, jerking somebody off at a, you know, behind a dumpster. dumpster yeah. yeah. I mean, you do what you do and you've done it successfully since the, the 1980s. You do your thing right. and God bless. And I think that's a thing that is now different than even 10 years ago, but certainly 20 and 30 years ago where you did have hashtag radio wars because if you didn't listen live, there you couldn't yeah. you couldn't listen any other time. Right. And so now it's there's just no need. Right. So listen to our show and listen to KMWX. It, it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't impact it. Yeah. And on top of it since we're not TMA isn't dealing with the radio ratings, it does it really doesn't matter. I yeah. mean they see our numbers on the podcast and on the advertising and when it gets down to it, that's all that really well, matters. That matters. So the the radio wars thing I don't know, like, if we were doing this in the 1980s, I don't know if it would be a different mindset. Right. I don't know, well, but I mean, it's like I've seen Stern interview Colbert, Fallon, and Kimmel. Yeah. And he'll go, "How do you not hate Stephen Colbert, or Jimmy Fallon?" we was talking to Kimmel, and he'll just be like, "Yeah, we're friends." And if if you want to watch their show, you can go on YouTube. Or you want to watch right. them live, you can watch my show on YouTube. It just it doesn't that doesn't matter. He goes, "But I always used to want to kill whoever was up again. I had to be." You know, number one in every market I was in or else I couldn't sleep because it's just so unhealthy that I look back on. So it's just one of those. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, if we have no
1: advertising. Right. Then it
0: matters. Then it matters.
1: Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Right. You do a good Howard, by the
0: way. Is that a good one? I listen to it all the time.
1: I was listening to him interview Lizzo yesterday. Uh, I don't really like that Lizzo. Really? I don't know. I like that. Uh, after that interview and with her, I I watched
0: it. her on Letterman. Letterman did a new uh, My Next Guest Is, by the way. And you yeah, know who was it was with? Zelensky. Yes. Yeah, like a special But it was, all, it was all subtitles. Yeah, and there's it's a, tough. There's, they're, they're in a subway. I don't think that's coincidence, right. unfortunately, considering the circumstances. Yeah. Had to be there. And I bailed on it like 10 minutes in.
1: I wasn't. I saw it, like clicked on. I'm like, oh,
0: great, there's a new season. I'm like, oh, it's just with just, Zelensky. It's just I'm a special like, I'm not going to.
1: Like, respect to both Letterman and Zelensky for doing it. Sure. That, but not necessarily something I wanted to... No. Because when I'm watching stuff, I'm pure entertainment. Right, baby. but
0: I get it at this point for Dave. He's got, who knows, hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's in his mid-70s or late-70s even, maybe. I wonder how old he is. What I'm going to
1: throw guess? an action on 76.
0: I agree with you, which makes it no fun. 75. He'll be wow. 76 in April.
1: Yeah. he. I mean, he looks good. He's the long beard. I loved his one with KD. I thought the one with KD was... One of the more eye opening. Well, I, for I just usually
0: love those conversations. And I the th- I have a great deal of respect for Lizzo's talent. I remember hearing her on like serious, like on a top 20 countdown thing going, God, oh, this is the girl with the, uh, what was that song, Juicy or something like that? The one that broke out. Uh, there the, was uh,
1: the one, uh, what's it called?
0: I don't know, either way, whatever her right. first hit was. And she was on. I'm just like, oh my God, what personality on her. Yeah. She's incredible personality and talent. Big talent. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, maybe I'll listen to it. Fuck, I don't know.
1: It was just like, uh, especially like her background in band, you know. Yeah, she's always playing that flute. Yeah, being a large African-American from Houston, always being counted out from band people, but she was an incredible flute player, and uh, how that translated to music. And it kind of to what you were saying about us being good, like in our situation. Like, she was like, I can go tour, I can pretty much sell out shows or have my core audience there, and if I keep putting out good music, I can do this forever, and that's great peace of mind. And it gave me the confidence to take that next step into becoming a international pop star.
0: I bet it's a great interview. I got to listen to it.
1: I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I, any, I mean, anytime you're getting Howard sitting there with somebody, I know. you're gonna like the person more than probably when they came in. I know. For the most part, that's the truth. Because he's so good at relate, and it feel, it feels like he's like really prepared for this. When in all honesty, he's just naturally so good at it. Like, he's naturally inquisitive, naturally curious, and that's what makes it
0: well, so good. Well, well, all right, fine, Jackson. I'm going to listen to Matthew McConaughey's
1: book right now. Greenlights?
0: Yeah, it's not doing it for me.
1: McConaughey, I think, is one of, and probably underrated in a sense, of one of the better actors of our generation. When you look at all of his roles, he's just kind of a self-help guy in a sense. I'm, I'm
0: waiting for, I, Does it? have you read it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, is it good? It gets I thought better. you were a fan. Okay,
1: it gets better. I, I like just, right
0: now, you spent like ten minutes talking about building this fucking treehouse.
1: I just find him fascinating. Like I find his.
0: I I, I I certainly do, but I don't. I don't need the ten minutes on the treehouse or yeah, the treehouse. It it, it's tree not. House. Can I do the whistle at the treehouse?
1: I didn't whistle. To... right there treehouses? i read it. I didn't do the audio book, right. so I might. I might have a different consumption. And I'm a pop. So <laughs> out there in the treehouse, like I can't I had the treehouse. It, that Jeez. movie came out, or that book came out, right after like similar time when Mud, the movie Mud. No, he, he was just talking about that. Yeah, and so and that movie was fascinating to me. And he was always like, "My, that's the one my dad would have loved the most." And I, was, I, have like yeah, that's nice where it's going. I'm, son. I'm not
0: bailing on it. Yeah, the Matthew Perry book, I loved the first half. Mm-hmm. Second half,
1: eh, Meh.
0: Yeah. Maitland Ward book, I think if she would have written it more like the Matthew Perry book, which was more just like statement of things that happened as opposed to an... She reached for water and looked at me with her eyes as she drank the ice cube. I'm just like, this is like, you're writing like erotica. Oh, penthouse. There's no, I've had millions of meetings. I have no idea what motherfuckers did with their ice cubes. <laughs> None. I can remember some of the meetings if they were important, but I don't know what people to It's like it was written, yeah, like erotica. Are you and all I, nonfiction? 100%. Okay. 100%. This morning, as a matter of fact, as I was getting ready to bail on the McC- McConaughey thing, I'm like, all right, what's a new nonfiction? Wow. 100% not History. Autobiographies. I'm pretty much 100
1: percent fiction. Really, uh, the, and interesting. The, and the nonfiction I read is about fictional stuff. Really, like the making of fictional stuff. I find that yeah, fiction. To, I just like to me people who can take a blank page and create something. Oh, I
0: have. I can't. I can't admire it more. Yeah. I could write down whatever of things that I've experienced it, and I think it'd, it'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But as far as you say, okay, write something out like of... Make it out of your mind. Uh, completely, like, not having anything to do with anything I experienced, I don't... I mean, I guess I could. I think it'd be fucking terrible, though. Yeah, I find you that know? to be
1: fascinating, and the whole, like, process of it is, like, so interesting. Like, uh, George R. R. Martin, who made Game right. of Thrones. Rocky, who's read everything and could tell you everything about it. Like, this dude created a universe I, and I'm just like, brain. how? I
0: mean, is he just smokes so much shit. He's eating <laughs> mushrooms all the time. I feel like it's like I've, I, whether Matthew Perry, Joe Buck, I feel like did this with his book. It's like I want to tell the TMA story, mm-hmm. but I know the way I write. I remember after I wrote about something that happened 10 years ago where I was diagnosed. Fortunately, it wound up being a misdiagnosis with lymphoma.
1: It's one of my favorite podcasts you've ever done. Oh my God.
0: Like, God bless. We've never favorite, discussed that.
1: One of my favorite ones you've ever done. Wow.
0: I didn't know that. I appreciate that. Yep.
1: that one talk about nonfiction I enjoyed. That was it.
0: Thank you. I remember sitting down, I'm like, I'm gonna write about this. Kind of in the similar way I started off with talking about Dan, like mm-hmm. how he can help people. Now this is a different set of circumstances. Sure. But to basically say to go to the fucking doctor. I thought I had a cough and they were gave me a Z Pack. And then I two days later I'm told I have lymphoma. Holy shit. Uh, this was in November of 2012, and so I said to my wife on November 14th, I said, you remember what happened 10 years ago today? And she goes, absolutely. Now, only me and a handful of my family members knew about it, but, I mean, I still can remember her, me telling her. And, oh, God, I'll start getting fucked up now talking about it. Um, and then a week later, being told no cancer. You know, I mean, holy shit, what yeah. a week. But I wrote about it. I debated whether or not to write about it. I remember writing about it. And I remember Joe Buck was a guest on the show and he came on and he goes, I mean, what you wrote, he goes, it's unbelievable. He goes, he goes, the, the detail with which you write though is so thorough. It's almost exhaustive to, you know, and that's right. the thing. It's like, I can write about essentially what's happened and people, and I know, cause I've shared some of the stories with a handful of people and it's like a. Like a fifth of the not even fifth, a five percent of the stories, and they'll go. You got to be like I watch the looks on their faces. No, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I know I'm not bullshitting them, right? But I gotta like I gotta like strip it down so it isn't, you know, you know what I mean. Like it can't be a a five thousand page novel, right? You know about what happened in 2013 with the man and woman. Yeah, can't get sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, you know. But at the same time, that's how I write. So when I wrote the thing about the the cancer situation in 2012, I remember sitting down at, in my office at, at home, and there was one time where Joe was texting with Eddie Vedder about doing the, the show that Joe and I did for a week, which, by the way, big-time news, I buried the lead. A friend of mine said, I have all those episodes saved on my phone. Wow. And he goes, it's some of the best radio I've ever heard, so I've never deleted it. I said, can you send those to me? He goes, I don't know if I can. And he's a, he's an Apple guy. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean, he that's one of his jobs. I'm like, he's a guy who uses a Mac. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Am yeah. I an Apple guy? I go, I don't know. He goes, because it's all proprietary. I go, can we get that? So if somebody knows how to get it yeah. from somebody who's downloaded it to their phone, I want, I mean, people would, it was it was nuts. The, uh, the guess was yeah. just, I mean, you wouldn't be like, Gretzky, Aikman, John Hamm, kind of, I mean, Hamm had blown up, but he wasn't, like, he's even bigger now. Paul Rudd, Alex Rodriguez, Charlie Sheen, fresh off of his fucking binge. It was insanity what was going on with the caliber of the Costas, Costas, Joe, and then me just going, I got to get out of here. This is awkward. You guys are Hall of Famers. I'm a... Can get Gabe on? (laughs) Yeah, is is Gabe available to talk to me while you guys... Um, Where was I going with this? Oh... He's trying to get Eddie Vedder on. Uh-huh. And he texts with Eddie, who he's become good friends with now. He was close with him then, but he wasn't as close as he is now with him. And he and Joe couldn't wait. I think he might have screenshot the text exchange and sent it to me. And he, I think he called him JB or Joe B. What's up, man? He goes, I'm in the process of writing, so I'm, at a, I'm really down deep right now. Yeah. And I don't want to come up. Otherwise, I'll lose what I'm doing writing music. So, if it's all right, I'm going to pass, but I really oh do God. want to. And in that, just because it's like that explains to you, yeah. especially that guy, right. the process of writing music and how he recognizes he needs to stay down there. So, for me, when I sit down to write and I know I'm going to do it, it's like, fuck. Now, I, I'm confident it's going to wind up being good. Good. Sure. But the process of getting from A to Z is going to be as Joe said, exhaustive.
1: You're, yeah, you're talking to the son oh. of a writer. That oh, yeah, when so When my you mom's go. writing, oh. and it's Tuesday, which is deadline day, you don't talk to her. Oh, God. You don't talk to her.
0: So it's like, I want to write this stuff, not necessarily to make a book out of it, just to like have the record. Like, if all of a sudden I'm just gone. Right. Like, okay. And then people go, oh, my fucking God. Now I understand him better. Yeah. Because I had no idea. I had no idea. And it's going to fuck you up. As I always say, some of the people we thought were heroes were villains, some of the villains are heroes, but... You know, uh, I do, I do, I do think about it, but it's like it's going to be so fuck. So I think about that text between Joe and Eddie Vedder, and I'm like, oh, when he said that, I'm like, hey. Granted, he's writing music that billions, of, you know, have bought, but you know, it's like, yeah, I, I think about the way I write. It isn't, you know it isn't just like this is what happened this is what happened right. this is Not what right. happened it's, it's just oh it's so here's the detail this lay out and, the ground and, right. yeah and i'm sh- and I, I i wonder for people that be just like
1: dude just get to the fucking point i don't know it i don't look like, like that or... uh james andrew miller book about hbo oh my god it's <laughs> like ten thousand pages and nothing's in it <laughs> did you read it or you I, just hear me talk about no, it no well i mean it was uh it was on my buddy's place and i was just like well because <sighs> i was wanting to read the soprano stuff the yes. entourage stuff larry sanders like, i couldn't wait for him right and it's so little about that yeah
0: it's about and listen it's interesting from like an like it for the handful of people who've been on boards in new york (laughs) city you know but i'm sitting there i'm going this is fucking brutal and barack obama you know i realize that's a hot button word but the entire time driving down to florida i think in 2021 i'm listening to it and he's voicing it and i'm going this is yeah i mean i'm going through the entire state of georgia that's a long haul yeah
1: it's a and now i'm into
0: florida i'm like this guy's still in, like, the first month of his first term.
1: going <laughs> <laughs> to get to the juicy stuff. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. Holy shit. So that's the thing. You can't do that. So I, like, I need an editor. Uh, anyway, I don't even know how the fuck I got on this, but that's essentially this podcast. So, Timmy Recaps, thank you. Uh, as always, you do wonderful work. Thank you to Design Air for your sponsorship. Jackson, I always like look taking a look this week at the forecast because yeah, fun.
1: shit. It's fun to look at the forecast this week.
0: Oh, my God, dude. Has it dropped? On Friday, a low of minus 10. I've never said, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I've no, never said that.
1: I haven't heard you ever said that. S-
0: but I, l- I just looked at it. I go, I yeah, like it. reaction. Minus 10 on Friday. Goodness minus- I don't know if I've ever seen minus 10 in St. Louis. I'm sure I have. I'm not leaving my house on Friday. Minus 10 and a high of five. Okay. I mean, I'm now saying this more as like public service. <laughs> call Seth Gold. Well, you can't call. Go to designairservice.com. Get it taken care of. Immediately. For real. You can't, like, I'm thinking of it, and they were over, like, two months ago. I'm just like, you you cannot risk it. Can you imagine? And this is going to be on Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Get it taken care of immediately. A high of
0: five on Friday, a low of minus 10.
1: So, at the best, it'll be five degrees. Jesus.
0: And I walk out now, and it's 38. I'm like,
1: fuck this. Uh, It's going to be 48 degrees degrees
0: colder. Uh, Or more than that. Yeah. 38. No, 48, I think. Fuck, I don't know. Either way, the point is it's going to be close to 50 degrees colder. Dumb so work world. with the best designer heating and cooling, and I'm getting a car. Woo. Clayton was over. Whip, whip. Whip, whip. Uh, design, designerservice.com. Yeah, um, I'm going to ask St. Louis Acura all on Twitter right now. Through January 3rd, you can get 0.99% financing on all Acuras at stlouisacura.com and at Alton. Toyota.com, work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, and Peter Munganest, and the entire staff at Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, in addition to Seth Goldkamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling, and Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been The Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.